Welcome to The Blind Side. News and information from a blindness perspective. Here's Jonathan Mosen. Welcome to the podcast. We didn't expect to be here so soon, but there's an issue that has come up of such topicality and of interest to the blind community that we are producing a special episode. If you go back in the Blind Side podcast early enough, you will remember that we spoke with Marty Schultz from Blindfold Games. And since we spoke with Marty, he has published many more of these games. I have to say, I'm not much of a gamer myself, mainly because of time and also because I'm not really interested in a lot of games that have gratuitous violence and it's just not my thing. The Blindfold Games are an exception because there's something for everybody to play in Blindfold Games and they are also, of course, fully accessible, hence the name. Well, there has been a bit of a spanner in the works, as we say over here, a wrench in the works in the States. And this has been caused by an apparent policy change on Apple's part, which really means that the Blindfold Games project is in jeopardy at this point, unless there is some sort of change. To tell us about this, Marty Schultz is with us again. It's great to have you back, Marty, although I'm sorry about the circumstances. Well, thank you for inviting me, Jonathan, and I really appreciate a lot of the members of the blindness community reaching out to me about the problem and seeing what they can do with Apple to try to to move this to a better resolution. Uh, a little background to the story. About two weeks ago, um, I, I put in uh, updates for Blindfold Horse Race, Blindfold Craps, and Blindfold Hopper to handle some of the changes that came with iOS 11. I've been kind of going through all the apps to handle any of the changes iOS 11 needed. And then... Uh, a couple of days after I submitted them, they all get rejected, saying that apps that are similar and get their content downloaded from um, some websites, such as apps that, that might include videos or audio streams or text, if you have several different apps that are similar, then they should all be combined into one app. And they rejected these three games because they concluded, even though the menus, they concluded that the apps are identical because the menu systems are pretty similar. And what I've done in these games is try to make the menu, the settings, and the help screens almost identical to make um, people's experience with the apps as similar as possible so you don't have to go through a learning curve for each new app. So I write back to Apple and I say, these games have absolutely nothing to do with each other. They do share an infrastructure for accessibility, but the, the bulk of the game is different. Horse racing, where you're racing your fingers on the screen, is different from playing the dice game of craps, which is different from playing Hopper, which is a variant of the old arcade video game called Frogger. Apple writes back to me the next day saying the exact same thing. I write back to them saying... Um, you know, please read the user guide, look at the contents of the, the actual software, you're coming to a faulty conclusion. Apple writes back and say, well, we will have a representative from Apple call you in about three to five days. Um, a week goes by, nobody calls, I call a contact at Apple's reviewer desk who had previously reviewed some of my games. I said, look, I'm kind of having this problem. You know about the games, can you help me solve this? And she said, I'll make sure that the games get looked at and I'll have the reviewer call you right away. So a day goes by, I spoke to this fellow for about 30 minutes, and we kind of go back and forth in circles where I'm explaining the games are all different, and he's saying, well, they all look the same. And he said, well, can you get at least groups of games to be bundled under the same app, such as can you get all your TV game show games to be in one app? And I explained to him, firstly, that would take an enormous amount of time, it would not justify the hundreds of hours it would take to do that. 
And finally, it would require that when I do this, each game would be five to ten times bigger than it is, and it would waste space on the user's phones. And I said, I also experimented with that in the past in bundling a bunch of games together, like I did with uh, Blindfold Word Games. And in the end, people would only look at the first one or two games in the app, and when they wanted a new Word game, they wouldn't go back to the Word Games app itself. They would kind of um, expect a new game to pop up. But in any case, bundling doesn't work. It causes inconvenience. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And where I could be building new games, a lot would just be going back and redoing the same old thing. The other thing I pointed out to Apple is most of the game downloads and sales occur in the first three to four months of that game, which means if I go back now through the 80 or so games I've built and make these changes just so Apple doesn't kind of shut me down, nobody would take advantage of it and it would not cause any new downloads. It would not cause any new sales. So it would be a complete waste of time and effort. So I, I went back to Apple and during this call and I said, so let me understand what you're telling me. If I don't commit to modifying these games and taking these 80 games down to a handful of apps that you won't let any new updates go through and you won't let any new games be approved if they look like the other games in their overall structure. And he basically said, yes. I said, well, that's quite unfortunate. There are a lot of people out there who would appreciate this. You might be hearing from some of them. And I posted this up on my uh, Twitter feed and my blog and some emails. And I've heard, I had a great outpouring so far from people in expressing frustration about Apple's decision. And I encourage them, if this is not the direction you want to go in, if you want me to keep producing games, you should probably contact Apple. I'll probably try to have another call with Apple today. But I think unless there's some pressure going to be applied back to Apple from the community that right now respects Apple's accessibility and explain to Apple that this kind of goes in the face of what Apple has said, that, uh, you know, if we don't make any progress, you know, I can't, I can't produce games if Apple's not going to let them out. My other fear is that if Apple's not going to let me do any updates to the existing 80 games, then when, as iOS changes uh, with iOS 12 and iOS 13, at some point the games will stop working. That kind of happened with Papa Sangri back when iOS moved from iOS 4 to iOS 5, and mm. they basically Okay, so there's a couple of points here. First, this was an, a couple of updates that you were submitting, so it wasn't even a new title. Can I just tease out the policy a little bit? Is this something that Apple has signaled? Because every so often in Apple's developer agreement, they will publish a new set of terms and conditions, and you as a developer have to click that button and say, I have read and accept the terms and conditions. So is this something that they have foreshadowed in any way to you? Um, they basically give us updated agreements about every six months or so. And I read the agreement and I thought, okay, if, if I created an identical, say, podcast app for 30 different people and put that out into 30 different titles and all those podcast apps were virtually identical, except it would pull down content from the web to, to provide the podcasts, then that's very much in the spirit of what Apple is trying to avoid. Those 30 different apps should be one app. But in this case, I have 80 different games who pull basically nothing from the web and provide significantly different functionality. Right. So you understood the policy, but your contention is that Apple is misinterpreted. Or the people that you have dealt with so far at Apple have misinterpreted that policy because these games do quite distinct things. 
I don't see how anyone at the Apple Review Desk could review the D Dice Game of Craps, the audio game Blindfold Hopper, and the audio game Blindfold Horse Race and conclude they're anything but different. Now, wh where do you go from here then? Because essentially Apple controls the App Store, don't they? And we tend to appreciate that most of the time because we like to think Apple is keeping us safe, keeping apps out of the store that might mean us harm. But on the surface, it does seem like a, a way overzealous reaction. Would you consider abandoning the platform and perhaps developing blindfold games on Android, which of course is a more open platform? If it wouldn't take me, um, that would literally take thousands and thousands of hours. And from everything I've learned in the marketplace, people who own iPhones currently have a little more disposable income to pay for the games than those people on Android. Um, Android is more popular worldwide, and outside of the United States, Android is probably more popular within the visually impaired community. But it would take an enormous effort to recode the games to another platform. Um, that's just, you know, I, I've been asked over the years to do Android, and I, I keep looking at the economics, and it just doesn't work. Gameplay, I think, is one of the big success stories of iOS, don't you think, in the sense that it has really leveled the playing field in exciting ways that blind people can take a touch-based device and play games with it in a way that really is a lot more equal in the sense that for blind people to play a game under a desktop operating system like the PC or the Mac, you've got to use the keyboard, which is often not really the interface that game players tend to use. So this has been an enormous equalizer. And I would have thought that any kind of accessible games, especially such an extensive library of accessible games, is, is something that Apple should be celebrating and that someone like Tim Cook might be out there actually trumpeting as a success of Apple. Uh, I would love to see that. Um, think large corporations don't always work in predictable ways. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that, that is interesting about the games, I'm starting to see more and more teachers of the visually impaired use some of these games in learning environments because they're actually quite useful to teach uh, navigational skills and the whole concept of gamification of different type of skills is something that's present in all the games. And I'm, I try to make sure all the games have a lot of playability and, and repeat interest. And I've achieved that with at least 75% of the games. Um, so between the level playing field and the fact that I've really gone out of my way in these games to make it not just be an accessible game, but a game really designed for rapid audio play. You don't have to hit every button twice just to get it to activate. I know that numbers are a sensitive matter when you're dealing with uh a company, and I'm in that position myself. So can I ask this question sort of fairly broadly? How many blind people do you think are going to be inconvenienced by this decision that Apple has made? I can give you some specific numbers. Um, the most popular game in the series was Blindfold Racer, and that was downloaded around 10,000 times. The second most popular game in the series was Blindfold Bowling. That was downloaded about 8,000 times. So that gives you, and those are 8,000 unique App Store logins. So that gives you a, a scale of uh, the number of people who will be impacted. Right. And the thing is, you're clearly a gifted developer. You've spent a lot of time doing this stuff. You could head off and work on a non-blindness-related project and make a lot more money. This this isn't about the revenue for you at all, right? I mean, you've got you've got to put bread and, and butter on the table, but it's not the, the revenue can't be the primary driver in terms of why you've continued to do this. 
Well, no, I would go much further than that. The revenue, ba- ba- the revenue does not pay for my time. The revenue kind of pays for the marketing that I put into the games. Um, so I do this in kind of my spare time. But I think it's such a shame that, uh, you know, this has happened and, and Apple is making this difficult. Again, it gets back to how many hours would it take to get these games to, to match an arbitrary rule by Apple when those hours could simply be put in coming up with even more entertaining or, or training games? Would it not be a more acceptable, convenient user experience to have a single Blindfold Games app that you download from the store and then make the games available as in-app purchases, which actually might be a good model for you anyway, in the sense that family sharing would then not be available and you could just choose from the one app and it might be easier for you to maintain since there's only one app that actually Apple has to has to approve. The problem when you when you go down that path is it, every time you make a change to one thing, it could change and possibly break everything else. Um, that's a fear that a lot of software developers have. And if something's working and it's working good enough, you don't want to upset the apple cart because you'll end up, you know, causing things you didn't realize to happen. Um, the other thing is to, to achieve that point would take hundreds, if not thousands of hours to get there. And then finally, if you think about it, we've got 80 games each of those games has a large piece of code in there, plus a bunch of um, audio uh, tracks. Downloading that means that you're now going to be um, the, the game itself is going to be much, much larger and a, probably a lot more unwieldy. I mean, I, I moved in that direction a little when I came out with the Blindfold Games app, which has lets you pick and start any game from one central menu. But what it does is actually invoke the other game. And it just makes picking in-app upgrades for each of the games or changing the settings for any of the games much, much easier. Right. So we're dealing with a user base who may not all be expert users and may be struggling with their own devices a little bit. And so your contention is that this is the best user experience. I've experimented both ways. As I mentioned earlier, I I tried that method with blindfold word games and found a lot better acceptance when they're each launched onto their own game. If the games are related to one another, such as different variants of solitaire or spades, it makes sense. But if the games are as distinct as something like a variant of Flappy Birds versus a game of Monopoly, it doesn't make sense. You do wonder about the public relations of sort of picking on a small developer of Games for the Blind, it seems an extraordinary thing to do. What was the nature of the call in terms of the tone of the call? Do, do you felt feel that you were being heard, that um, there was any kind of dialogue, or did you feel that the guy from Apple was just repeating the same position over and over and wasn't really willing to see your point of view? I would like to think the guy from Apple was instructed by his management to encourage developers in any way he can to reduce the number of apps they have in the app store. So when he found that the apps actually were different from one another, he took the different stance to say, well, can you group them together so we have much fewer apps in the app store? He, he might have been caught between a rock and a hard place. I don't know. 80 titles is a, a, lot, of, a lot of apps, right? Um, yes, there are other developers out there with a lot more than that. You know, some of the companies that do gambling apps or Flappy Bird clones or things like that. But each of my apps is, I do an app a month or so. So, you know, I've been doing this for four years. So you build up a large collection.
And so essentially there's a stalemate at this point where the way it was left at the end of the call, uh, Apple was not budging. What kind of reaction did you get when you said, well, you may be hearing from some users about this issue? He acknowledged that that might be the case. I don't know how he personally felt about that, but I think he felt that was outside his domain to be able to handle that. He was given a task to accomplish and he, he expressed Apple's opinion to me. Now, I know that you have recommended to people that they contact the Apple Accessibility Address, and in a way that supposes that they will forward the feedback on to the right people, right? Because this doesn't directly affect the Apple Accessibility Team. You would think the Apple Accessibility Team would better understand the issues going on here than... um, say, somebody who just reviews apps. Remember, there are not that many developers who, may, who design apps for visually impaired community. Um, so I'm hoping that the app accessibility team will realize the value of the apps and will you know, move this up the management ladder to get to somebody who can actually make a decision. All right. Well, we will keep an eye on this, Marty, and we wish you all the best because I personally own a number of your games. I enjoy them. I think you've done an outstanding job and made a huge contribution to this community. And I just don't see what Apple has to gain from being so punitive about a bunch of games that is that are bringing pleasure to people's lives. So I wish you all the best in getting it resolved. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, tell people what's going on. And if you would like to contact the Apple Accessibility team on this matter, the email address is, of course, accessibility at apple.com. That's accessibility at apple.com. Thanks for listening to The Blind Side, a production of Mosin Consulting, on the web at mosin.org.